how wonderful was Joey's message? Just so powerful. Some of you may not know, but Joey is the grandchild of the pastors. And hi. Oh, Groma got scared. Joey's the grandchild of the pastors. And I just wanted to say some of you might be grandparents in this place. And, um, you know, the powers of praying grandparents is so amazing. And you might not see it, you know, maybe on the stage, but the seeds are being sown and the prayers go in and just to see your children, you know, understand God and get that message is just so incredible and so fruitful. And so keep praying into your children, keep praying into your grandchildren because God hears the prayers and they follow you and they watch you and they do what you do and they say what you say and and they're always watching you. and, And, you know, sometimes my parents say things to me like, oh, you wouldn't understand this. And I say, yeah, I've been sitting on that floor for my whole life watching everything you do. I totally understand, you know. So these kids here sitting and they're coloring in and they're doing some memory verses and there's kids and youth scattered around the place. They're listening and the seeds are going in. So let's just keep encouraging them. They're not just children. Don't just brush them away. Just because you haven't sat down and taught them like a teacher would teach them, they're watching and they're listening, and the seeds are going in. So let's keep praying for our children and our grandchildren. Amen? Thank you. I love the generational blessing. I stand to you before you this morning to bring a message as a second-generation preacher, and I feel... I feel that I'm standing on my parents' shoulders and my grandparents' shoulders, you know, all of those prayers and all that they've taught me. And um, so we're just going to bring a beautiful message this morning. It is not going to be a long service because we have children in the place. And um, and so we're going to dive straight in. We're going to open our word up to Malachi, um, chapter 4, verse 6. And this message this morning is called, There Was a Man. How many of you have received a word in in some stage of your life where God has spoken to you so clearly about the direction of your life, something that you need to do maybe in your business or in your personal life. Maybe God has given you a word for your children or your grandchildren, and maybe they've they've given you a word like you're going to see your whole family come to Christ. And you know when you get that word from God and it's like fire shut up in your bones, like you hear the word of God and you say, I'm ready, I'm ready right now, bring it on, let's go, let's go. You know, and but not always does it happen overnight. Like I'm sure if you received a word that said that, you know, the person in your family that you've been praying for forever is going to get saved, I'm sure you would call them straight away and go, hello, is there anything you want to tell me? You know, because we're so expectant. Once we hear the audible voice of God, once we get a word from God into our spirit, we're so expectant. You know, we're so excited and we're so ready. And But what I've seen in the word is that sometimes when he brings a word, sometimes when something has been delivered, like the coming of Christ is coming, and then we see 400 years of silence. You know, that would have been so disappointing, a little bit like hope deferred. And so we see here in Malachi and we've seen in Isaiah, the Old Testament, 
Isaiah is prophecy after prophecy about the coming of Christ and how amazing this new day will be. And then in Malachi, it finishes with a prophetic word and he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. He will turn the hearts of the fathers. I'm sure that they were thinking, this is it. The day is coming when the Lord is coming and and he's going to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. You know, the excitement in their spirits would have been so expectant. Do you believe that in that moment you would have been expectant in your spirit? And they were prepared and they were ready and they were like, bring it on, bring on the Messiah. We can do this. We've got this. And then over the next 400 years, what we see is, you know, chunks of the land being taken back off them. We see the nation, the prophecies being fulfilled, but, the, but the, word, the, the voice of the Lord was silent. We see people not giving themselves to study. We see them just becoming quite complacent. Well, actually, I believed last year, but gosh, it's been a year now, and, and I still haven't seen the Messiah And so we're talking 400 years now where they were waiting for this amazing day and it doesn't happen. And so what we see is a people, when the Lord, the Messiah comes, when John the Baptist comes to make the way, we see a people not ready, not prepared. Their hearts have grown cold. Their prayer life has become something of a religious pattern. You know, they haven't got that expectancy in their spirit anymore because there's been silence. And who hates waiting? Who hates waiting? What about Christmas morning when the kids wake up and there's presents under the tree and they have to wait for mum and dad to have a cup of tea? I remember that feeling, you know, you're just waiting and you're staring at the presents and you're like, I just have a tiny little peek and they're, they're just like, oh, I just need a cup of tea, just need a cup of tea, darling, I can't even look at you right now, you know, like, and you're like, I just want to open my presents and, um, and I find my, I'm doing that to my children now too, so, you know, like, payback, it's awful, yeah, payback. But that's kind of the feeling, like there was this gift open, but then there was this waiting and this, ex- and this silence. And have we all felt that in our lives before? There's been a word, there's been a moment. Ten, and we're going to have a look over here because there was a man. So we see Jesus come and there's miracles and there's signs of wonders and there's incredible things happening. And then the disciples, he releases his spirit out and he says to the disciples as he goes, now go out into all the nations, baptizing in the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, right? He wants it to go out to all the nations, not just the Jews. He wanted to reach all the nations. But what did the disciples do? They stayed safe and they just kept it to their nice little bubbles. Oh, I'm going to preach the gospel to, to Evan. He's so nice, you know, like, and they just kept it nice and they weren't expanding out into the Gentiles. They weren't expanding out into the nation. And so God needed to do something. He needed to shake it up. God's heart bleeds. See, you think that your heart bleeds for your family. You think your heart bleeds for the ones in your life that don't know Christ yet. But God's heart bleeds for people. 
He loves people. He loves every single person. He holds them close to his heart. He's watching. He's longing. He's saying, come on, please, look, look, I'm here. I'm walking with you. I've got you, you know, and so he's looking and he's going, that's great. The Jewish people are coming to know me. That's great. You know, you're preaching the gospel in your town, but the people outside of those walls need me as well, you know, and so he sends a message, messenger, and I think that I imagine that he's up in heaven. He's going, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? And then he sees a man. He sees a man named Cornelius, a centurion, an Italian man, a devout man who feared God. Now, this man did not know about Jesus. He didn't know about any of, the, of what had happened. He didn't know the Messiah had come. He didn't know the crucifixion had happened. He knew nothing. But this man was found praying to the Lord. Not only was he praying, but he was praying at the ninth hour. Does anyone know what the ninth hour is? 3 p.m. he was praying what do we think about 3 p.m.? I think 3 p.m. is one of my f- most faithless hours of the day. <laughs> 3 p.m., I need a cup of tea. Man, that bus is going to roll in and I've got to have all the strength that I can get to get through the next part of the day. It's, we've got ballet, we've got jiu-jitsu, we've got to get to everything. And it's all rolling in, everyone's got to have dinner, everyone's got to have their outfits, they're all going to bust in the door and say, I'm starving, I'm at the worst day of my life, you know. I've got to have the strength to get through all of that. You're all silent, but I know you're all going through the same things. <laughs> yeah, my kids are only human. But I get to 3 p.m. I do not feel like praying at 3 p.m. Not only praying at 3 p.m., but there's no expectancy. He hasn't had a word from the Lord. He, it's not a particular day. He's not desperate. You know, he's not, you know, he's just praying because he was just consecrated towards the Lord, towards God. He was consecrated. He gave to the poor. He was a good and faithful man who prayed continuously. And I believe that the Lord was looking and he's looking and he's like, how am I going to get this message through? And he looked over and he went, Cornelius, Cornelius, I can get the message through Cornelius. So he sends his angels and he sends them down and goes, go and speak to my friend Cornelius. And so at the ninth hour while Cornelius was praying, an angel appeared to him. He never asked for a visitation. He never said, Lord, I need to hear about your, your son. So send me someone. Quick, send me someone, Lord. He didn't even pray about that. But an angel appeared to him and it was, he says, Cornelius, what is it, Lord? Your prayers have ascended as a memorial before God. And he sends him a message to go and find Peter. Now, at the same time, Peter's having a vision. He's on the top floor. He's fasting and praying before the Lord. Come on, God, you know, what are you saying here? I'm fasting. I'm consecrating myself before the Lord. And then he has a vision. He has a vision that actually, wow, everyone needs to hear about the Lord. Everyone needs to hear. And it's a complete paradigm shift for them. You don't understand the weight of what this means, you know, for the the segregation of that time was so intense. And for everyone to hear the gospel was such a paradigm shift. And so God had to do it himself. He had to intervene himself. He set up this amazing moment in time that consequently is the reason why we are standing here today. 
this very moment, this one man who's praying in his home does not even know the Lord but knows God and is praying and is consecrating his life is the very reason why we are standing here today. Can you see the power of prayer? Can you see the power of consecrating yourself and aligning yourself into God's will so that he can make a way and he can get to where he needs to get to? And so we've got Cornelius and he's praying to God and then he, he reaches out to, to Peter, he sends off and he, and he reaches out and Peter's coming, he's on his way. And so Cornelius gathers, he's expectant. Can you imagine if the angel of the Lord appeared before you? You'd be pretty expectant about what is this messenger? What is he bringing? What do I need to hear about? And he brings his family, he packs in his house. It says that when Peter turns up, the house is packed out, you know. Imagine your whole family sitting there going, this will be good. What's this man going to say, you know? And they're just packed in and they're ready to hear for what this man has to say. And so Peter starts to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. And his eyes are open and things are shifting over his life as he starts to see that the gospel is for every man. And it says, while Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. Isn't that powerful? As they heard the word of the Lord, the Spirit fell and they believed. As you hear the word of the Lord, the Spirit falls and you believe. If you feel like you are suffering with disbelief in this time, and I know that it is a common thing right now as having the most beautiful conversation with my son recently. And he's very intelligent. He likes to work everything out in his mind. And he said to me, Mum, how do I believe if I cannot see? And I said to Charlie, Charlie, more blessed are you for believing without seeing. That's what the Word of God says, more blessed. Like Thomas, he said, I have to see it. I have to see the holes in his hands. I, I don't believe that he's risen. I have to see it for myself. And Jesus said to him, Thomas, more blessed would you be for believing without seeing. Now, I know that there's people here I've seen it myself. I've seen the outpouring of God. I've seen the manifestations of God. I've seen healings. I've seen signs and wonders, miracles, salvations. I've seen the goodness of our Lord in my time. And I know there's many of you who have seen that too. And then it just feels like, are we in a time of silence? You know, that's what it looks like. Are we, now there was silence before the coming of Christ. Are we in silence now? Is this our time of silence? Because I haven't seen a whole lot. You know, I know there's things happening and there's things happening that we don't even see and God's working in a supernatural way, but I'm not seeing a whole lot. And when I speak to my children and I tell them of stories of like Reinhard Bonnke, you know, millions of Africans coming to the Lord, that is just, I had to show a picture, you know, to see this, is, this has happened. This happens. When the Spirit of the Lord is upon someone, an outpouring can happen. And do you know what I think? I think that in this time, when we're in a time of silence, that we need to prepare ourselves. Let us not make the same mistake again. You know, humans do that. We do. We make repeated the same mistakes again. But let us not fall into that trap. Let us be ready. 
Let us be reading the word because it's the word that restores our belief. Because as the word washes in, it renews our mind. As the word washes in, it ignites our spirit again. And you know, we have to work so hard because there is so much coming at us. There's so much pollution. Everywhere we go, it's pretty much dragging us away from the Lord. Everywhere we go. And so we have to work so hard to consecrate ourselves before the Lord, to renew our minds. Let's just close our eyes in this place right now. Lord God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, we know that you are here. Lord God, you are in this place with us right now, Lord Jesus. And I pray that you would renew our minds, renew our eyes, that we may see again, Lord, what you see. Let us see, as Tommy Teeny says, the God I perspective. Let us see your perspective, Lord, on what you see. Jesus, man just looks at the outside appearance, but God looks at the heart. Let us see the heart. We know that, Lord, we are expectant that you will do something great. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, Jesus. I really believe that God wants to stir up a spirit of faith again. And the only way for us to stir up this spirit of faith is to believe again. We must believe again. And for some of us, we must tell our children stories. We must excite them with belief again as well because they, most of them have not seen an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, but they will. One day they will. The other night I woke up, I had a vision, and then I woke up. And in my vision, I saw a multitude of people encountering God. It was so real to me. I was in a stadium, and I was just looking around, and people were saying to me, like, I've been praying for this person, like, my whole life. Like, why did they get saved, like, right now? And then someone else said to me, I just brought this person today, and they just got saved, you know, and there was just this real mix of disbelief, but joy, and just utter, like, wow, God is in control, and he's the one that does the outpouring. No man does the outpouring. But as these people were speaking to me, I found myself saying, it's just sweet potatoes and carrots. And then I woke up and I was like, well, that was the stupidest thing to say ever. I must train myself better. Do you ever have those dreams like where you know it's God, it's a God dream, and then you do the stupidest thing and you're like, oh, I'm glad that was just a dream. It wasn't real life. It was like a rehearsal, you know. Let's never say that again because that was ridiculous. But the reason was I had sweet potato in my mind is because I saw this photo of Kelsey Cairns the night before. Does anyone else have that happen to them? And she was holding this ginormous sweet potato that apparently she was digging up weeds and then she found this crop of sweet potatoes that she'd forgotten about. And I went, sweet potato and carrots, why did I say that, you know? But sweet potato, do you know that it takes six months for them to grow underground? And all you see on the top is like a tiny bit of like leafy sort of viney thing on the top. It really looks like a nothing plant. But underneath, there's this huge sweet potato growing and it takes a good six months. Not only that, But as Kelsey has discovered, if you leave it even longer than six months, that sweet potato gets more nutrients and grows even bigger with time. 
So some things die off. No, not sweet potato. It gets bigger and it grows with more nutrients. And I started to think, well, now this makes sense. Maybe I'm a bit cleverer than I thought. Carrots, however, they take two months and a radish, say, three to four weeks. And so I start thinking, that's it. It's the harvest. We think that when we sow the seed that we've got to see results right now. We've got to think, we think that the whole harvest is radishes. You know, I'm going to sow a seed and in three weeks that person's going to come to Christ. They're going to know, you know, the amazingness of the Lord and they're going to be saved, healed, delivered, you know, all of the above. But maybe your person that you're praying for right now is a sweet potato and maybe they need more time. Maybe they need time for the nutrients and, the, and they need time for the for the soil to do its thing and the water to do its thing. And then when you harvest that crop, you've got a sweet potato. (laughs) You know? Hey, sweet potato feeds a lot more than a little radish, right? Or a carrot. So that's pretty amazing. So the next time you're sowing into someone, start to think, you know, it's not all about me. It's not all about my quick harvest. It's not all about my my need for like, okay, well, that's ticked off my list. No, God's doing a deeper work than we even know. And he is working on the hearts of men because he loves them even more than we do. So how many of you have someone in your life that you've been praying for for such a long time? You know, there's, I think there's an anointing in this place. Gail, do you want to join me up here? I can't do this both at once. I've tried. Can't. (laughs) Do you know what I believe? As I've been praying this week, I believe God wants to stir our spirits again. I believe that there's been hope deferred. I believe there's children And I believe there's family members and people in our lineage that we've been praying for and and we have cried over in the past and we have found ourselves on our knees because we want them to know the love of God. We want them to be healed. We want them to be set free. You know, we see the state they're in. We see the bondages that that are weighing them down, the chains that are weighing them down and we just want it so bad. And then the Lord is saying, give it to me. Believe again. Believe again and give it to me. So right now, would you just give it to him? Lord, we just lay these people at your feet right now, Jesus. We lay them in the palm of your hands, Lord God. Jesus, you love them more than I even love them, Jesus. But I pray that you would rekindle my fire again to believe, Lord God, to believe again that the prayers, Jesus, all the prayers that we've prayed, Lord, every tear that we've cried, Lord, you've bottled up. Jesus, and there will be a time for that great harvest. There will be a time where I see us smiling, dancing, laughing, disbelief, joy has come upon us because our Lord and Saviour has revealed Himself. There will be a time. There is a time for healing. Some of us have got an, an illness an ailment that you've been praying and praying and praying and you're just like, I am done with praying. I'm over praying about that situation because I've, I'm, I've had enough. 
you know, and I believe that the Lord is saying, no, I'm about to pour out a spirit of healing upon my people that you've never seen before. There is about to be signs and wonders again. And let me tell you where it's going to come from. It's going to come from a spirit of faith. It's going to come from the ones going, I know it seems silly. I know I've been asking for this my whole life, but I believe. I believe, Jesus, that you have this in the palm of your hands. In 1 Corinthians 2.9, it says, What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. Lord God, right now, we give you every burden. Jesus, we give you every burden. We give you every person. Lord God, we know that you have divine encounters planned, Lord Jesus, that you're reaching out right now, Lord God. And Jesus, we intercede on behalf of our loved ones. Would you stand with me, church? We intercede on behalf of our loved ones, Jesus. And we place them in your hands. Come on, would you just join me and place them in your hands? Lord God, Jesus, we want to see a harvest so great, Lord God, and we want to believe again. Lord, I just pray for complacency to be broken off in Jesus' name. I pray for hope deferred to be broken off in Jesus' name. Lord, let us be like Cornelius, Lord. Let us be just found praying and believing and knowing that, God, You're in control, Lord Jesus. Let us not be found at three o'clock watching Netflix when an angel of the Lord is trying to appear to us. Lord, let us be found praying and positioning ourselves in the right way so that when the the Saviour comes, when the second coming comes, Lord God, that we recognise Him, Lord. We recognise Him and we smile because we know I recognise You in my spirit because this is the coming of our Lord Jesus. In Your mighty Name, Lord, we give them to You right now, Jesus. We lay them at Your feet, Lord. We lay them at Your feet, Jesus. In Your mighty Name, some of you need to dig deep into the roots. Some of you need to dig deep into your generational roots. You know, there's grandparents and parents that have been praying. We need to dig deep and go, I'm fighting for you. I won't stop. I'm going to keep fighting for you. I'm going to keep fighting for you. Some people need to stir up that prayer again about the ones that they love. Come on, stir up that prayer again. Jesus, we believe. We believe, Lord God, that you've got these people in the palm of your hands, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God, Jesus, that you are just, even right now, scales are falling off eyes, Lord God. Things that are holding on to the minds would be lifted off in Jesus' name. That God, as you died on the cross and as the thorn, as the crown of thorns was pushed into your head, Lord, you said that every mind will be released in Jesus' name. Every mind is released in Jesus' name, Lord God. We thank you for the authority that you've given us, Lord. We do not understand, Lord God. We do not understand. We have barely tapped into it, but God, it's there. The authority in Jesus' name. And Lord, we speak to these people right now and we say, stand up like the, like the valley of dry bones. Get up and walk. Get up and believe. Get up and see in Jesus' name. And we see them. We see them with our spiritual eyes, Lord God. We see them like a sweet potato grow the nutrients growing all around. And we see them, our loved ones, Jesus, growing. 
and growing and growing. But God, there's coming a harvest. There's coming a harvest, Lord. Let us believe again. Let us believe again, Jesus. In Your mighty Name, let us believe. In Your precious Name. Thank You, God. Lord God, I pray that You would stir up our belief, that You would stir up our faith again as if our faith is as small as a mustard seed. Lord God, help me. Let my faith be at least a mustard seed, Lord Jesus. Let me stir it up again to believe because that's what it is. Jesus, we know that You can do miracles. We know that just one touch from You, we know that just Your Holy Spirit, the breath of life, Lord God, can see people come back alive, can see our eyes opened, Lord Jesus. We pray for the breath of life in the mighty Name of Jesus. In the mighty Name. Come on, let's just lift it up, Jesus. In the mighty Name, we honour You, Lord. We thank You, Jesus, that You've got them in the palm of Your hands. Come on, can You see them sitting in the palm of His hands? We thank You, Jesus. We give You the victory, Lord. We give You the glory, Lord. We give You the honour, Lord Jesus. Lord, You are in control. Jesus, You are in control of everything, Lord God. And we lift our eyes to You, Jesus. We lift our eyes. In your mighty name, we thank you, Jesus. Church, let's begin to believe again for these ones. Don't stop here. Continue this week. Let's believe again for the ones that we love. Let's believe again for our community, for our families, that they will come to know the love of Christ, that they will have an encounter with Him that will change. There's one last thing. I just want you to lift your hands. If you need a healing in this place, I want you to lift your hands. We're going to pray for healing in this place again. Lord God, we thank You, Jesus. You see every arm lifted. You see every need in this place that needs a healing, Lord God. And I know that You can do miracles. I know that one touch from You, Lord God, and they can be healed, Jesus. And we pray for Your anointing oil to just drip over this place. In Your mighty Name, drip over everybody. Everybody be filled with the anointing, the oil of God. Fill this place with the oil, Jesus, the oil of your healing powers. Everybody, everybody, every back be straightened. Every pain be gone in the name of Jesus. Lord God, every mind be cleared in the name of Jesus. Lord, every suicidal thought be gone in the name of Jesus. Lord, let our eyes be lifted. Let our bodies be healed. We give you these things, Lord. We give you these things. Come on, let's sing. Thank you, Lord.